Welcome to the Ideas Can't Wait podcast. This is your host, Frank. In here, I'll interview some of the brightest young entrepreneurs that started their business in their early 20s. I will uncover their story of how they get started, their struggles and success, and how they view the future as young visionaries of this generation. Welcome to another episode of the Ideas Can't Wait podcast. Today's guest, Kira Liu, has a very interesting background, where she started as a software engineer and worked at some of the hottest tech firms such as Uber, Slack, Coinbase, and Apple. Then later on, she found interest in the intersection of marketing and tech. And she went on to be the chief marketing officer of a YC startup where she helped them to grow to a million users within a year. And Kira is now the head of global growth at a Series A software startup. First of all, welcome, Kier. Maybe do like a little intro, very short introduction about yourself. Ah, okay. So my name is Kier. You can spell it as K-E-E-R. I was a computer science student from University of Waterloo, and I was an international student. So I came to Canada when I was 18. After I graduated, I first worked as a software engineer at Apple. But after a while, I still switched jobs. I joined a startup. So now I'm working as head of global growth for a Series A software startup, managing the go-to-market for this startup. Yeah, thank, thank you for giving me like a short introduction. And I, I want to actually go all the way back because um, okay. you mentioned your international student. Similar to me, I, I'm also an international student. I came to Canada when I was 14 years old. I oh, actually went okay. to high school here and also went to university. So I want to know, like, when did you came to Canada? What was the reason that you come to Canada? And what was your mentality like when you're coming here? Just give us a, like a little story and background. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I came to Canada when I was 18. So after, after my high school at that time, well, I actually didn't know much about Canada. Also didn't know much about computer science in what to do, but I had a really rough idea after I graduated from high school. I felt like I want to go abroad and I want to learn something about, say, engineering, computer science. So I actually did research on my own. When I was in China, I, well, I researched on the internet. I talked to agency and did my own research. And finally, okay, I know I want to go to Waterloo. And I apply and I got in. Nice. Like, did you um had a conversation with your parents when when you were telling them that you want to go out to, to come aboard to study? What, what was your decision like? Why didn't you decide to stay in China and, and go to university there? Yeah, so I did talk to my parents. They actually didn't know much about studying abroad. They didn't know about Canada either. But they really support me. Um, I think it's like even when I was a child, they support almost all my ideas, sometimes really spontaneous, but they support me. So, well, they're like, okay, if you think that it's the thing you want to do, it's your choice, we will support you. Uh, and for me, at the time when I was in China, I was thinking, well, like, I know at some point in my life, I want to study abroad either for undergrad or master, but I feel like 
it's actually pretty important to get a, I would say, get a good wide and wide perspective of the world when you are at a really young age. From my opinion, if I could get a chance to study abroad for undergrad, why not? Since I got the offer from U Waterloo, why not? <laughs> so I just <laughs> came. Yeah, I just came to Canada. I came to Waterloo and started a journey. You you mentioned that your parents were like always very supportive of all all your decisions. That's actually not so common in in the Asian, let's say Asian parents their education. A lot、mm-hmm. of the time, for example, my parents because they they were entrepreneurs and and what they want wanted me to do is to be in the corporate and actually climb the corporate、oh. ladder. Yeah, so so they sort of made the decision for me a lot of the time, and and I talked to a lot of my friends. It's very similar for them too. So I, I wonder what it's like to to have a very supportive parents and you know actually giving you the choices of doing what you want. Maybe you can tell me a little bit more. Hmm. Well, I do think that my parents. Well, if like what you mentioned, they are actually not that common, but it's actually really <laughs> good. You know, like when I was a kid, they actually didn't care too much about my grades at school. They care about how I behave. Like, did I be polite to people? Did I show respect to people? They also care about for the things I was doing.、Uh, did I actually enjoy it? Was that my interest, etc. So it's actually pretty great that even when I was really young, I got the chance to explore what I really want to do, and I got the chance to try because my parents support me to try. Maybe. Maybe it was a wrong decision, but it is it it worth trying, right? So、yeah. I actually I was really grateful that they could give me that support, that encouragement, all the way until now, like all the way till now. It's actually pretty great. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because you said your parents never really focused too much on your grade. But、yeah. but yet I think you still got a relatively great a good grade and you got into Waterloo at computer science. So how did you keep the discipline growing up, considering your parents didn't really put that much of a focus on it? Actually, I think as a kid you don't need to be forced to do something. If you are forced to do something, you might not do it well. Sometimes, like if you choose to do it. You think that it's you who chose to do it on your own. You can actually perform better. When I was a kid, I feel like I actually somehow enjoy learning new things, and I enjoy tackling challenges. So I could actually do well in grades, but it's not like oh my parents forced me to do that. It's like oh I want to do it, and I actually enjoy doing. Like I enjoy, I enjoy studying. I like the thing I was learning, so yeah, that was the situation. Oh, nice! Yeah. Like, is there any hobbies or things that you discovered growing up that you still keep it as a passion? Because I, I would assume that you you did had a lot of chance or opportunities to explore your passion. Hmm. Yeah. So one thing I can think of. Well, I like I like singing. <laughs> when、nice. I was a child, yeah, when I was a child, I I sang all the time, like in my living room, and also sometimes you know, like schools they have competitions. 
I I participate. Sometimes I got prizes, sometimes not. But I I really enjoy that. So even、uh-huh. now, like when I have some time, I would well do karaoke in my living room. <laughs> Or, <laughs>、uh, yeah. Another thing that I can think of is to communicate with people.、Yes. Uh, so when I was when I was a kid, I was actually really. Introverted. I didn't dare to talk to people that much, but I talked to MP4 recording service. Well, well, when I was a, really, yeah, well, yeah, when I was young, like I, I did that, right? Like I, I talked to a machine. It's like I was talking about things happening at school. I was talking about stories that came to my mind, etc. I, I really like sharing ideas, talking. But like when I grew up. Well, I I realized that I could become more extroverted, so I started to talk to people instead of talking to machines. So even now, like I still really enjoy talking to something. Now people,、yeah. I think that's I cannot say that's hobby, but that's something I I kept doing since I was a kid. Wait,、And、did、I、you did you、uh, yeah did you record yourself? You know,、uh, how did you came about doing that? I was very curious. Oh yeah, so at first I was like talking to the wall in the bedroom just alone, and my father realized that oh this kid was really funny. She was talking about <laughs> a lot of funny stuff, so it would be really interesting if we recorded it. And、uh, when she grew up, one day if she wanted to look back, oh, she wanted to somehow listen to what she said before. The recording would be really, you know, would was still out there, and the recording would be really useful. So he gave me the MP4, and then, well, if I want to record it, record it. Yeah. So that is the that is the story. I I also find myself talking to myself a lot of the time. I remember like walking home from school. I would just be、yeah. myself. There, there wasn't really any MP3. I would just keep talking to myself, and somehow I was speaking to myself in English. And,、ah. and so, yeah, when I was a kid, I was really interested in in different languages. So that might be something that helped me practice English and also helped me to speak to people as well. I was also very introverted when I was a kid. But yeah, it, it's very interesting how you were speaking to yourself and recording an MP4. I've never heard of that before. Yeah,、um, like、yeah, a lot. Yeah, we have. Now I know we have something in common. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So it, it's very interesting how you grew up and and you know the independence that your parents give you. And I, I guess you were you were by yourself when you were in university here in, in Canada, right? Yes. Okay, and, and、uh, I, I did notice.、Um, I know that Waterloo is a big school in terms of、um, co-op. Uh, and、mm-hmm. it allows students to find a lot of co-op opportunities. And I did notice that you did. Uh, work in a lot of different big corporates、uh, like Apple, Coinbase, Uber, and Slack. Maybe you can tell me a little bit more about your journey of looking for those corporate jobs and your experiences. Okay, yeah. So overall, I did six co-op or say internships during my undergrad. The first one, I when I was. In first year, I did an internship with Bubble Digital, so it was a e-commerce startup in Canada. Well, I didn't know anything at that time, but still, they gave me the chance to to learn to develop. So I was working on the websites or say full stacks 
at that point. I did learn a lot from that experience, and it was pretty chill to work with a Canadian startup. And then I worked the second time. I worked with PagerDuty, so it was a also a software startup in Silicon Valley. It's pretty cool because. It really gave me the chance to explore the Silicon Valley culture, explore the engineering culture. The third time, I did my internship at Coinbase. As you know, it's the well, it's a platform where you can trade cryptocurrencies. I was also doing full stack development there, but I really like it because at that time,、mm-hmm, let me think, it was like two thousand and eighteen. Cryptocurrencies was still a pretty new thing. But I could see a lot of really inspiring people in the company, in the field, who I could really learn a lot from. I also later did an internship with Slack. It's actually during their IPO. I was working on something about <laughs> yeah about database, database and infrastructure. Also pretty cool, and I got the chance to learn really hardcore technical stuff. My colleagues were they were like. Ten years, at least ten years into their career, so pretty senior. I got the chance to work with them. I thought that's a pretty valuable experience to work with really senior engineers.、Mm. Yeah, and I did my last two internships: one with Apple, another one with Uber. So with Apple, I was working on some infrastructure cloud stuff. That's well, that's something I was really interested in. And then with Uber, I try self-driving technology. So I also got some exposure in terms of you know self-driving AI, etc. So for Waterloo students, if you are in the co-op program, you got to do five to six internships for your undergrad, and each time you would do it four months full time. So that's how I did these internships as well. No, I think it sounds like really typical. I'm a typical Waterloo co-op student. No, that that's really outstanding. You you, I think you really immerse yourself into the tech world pretty deeply. You worked at like pre-IPO companies, startups、mm-hmm. in in Silicon Valley, very very established company like Apple and Uber. Maybe tell me which experience was the most memorable and and why. Ah. Wow, that's a hard question, because I actually learned different things from different companies. I think now when I look back, I would say like every single experience, or say every single experience from each internship was actually super valuable for me. Not only in terms of the technical stuff I learned, but also like different people I met. But something that Really stood out. One thing I could share, when I was doing my internship at Slack, I was actually given a really important task. That was to migrate their old database to a new platform. Well, it's going. It was going to have a great impact. So I tried really hard to do it, because like before I did it, I had. Almost no experience in that area, but I onboard myself as fast as I could, and also well try to be resourceful, try to get a lot of support, a lot of knowledge resources, and then I actually finished that project ahead of time, and 
because that's really impactful. Impactful, I mean, like it, it actually helped the company to save a lot of manual work and, and money. And oh. of course, like improve the efficiency for Slack, right? I actually yeah. got a company shout out in the in the all hands meeting. That's wow, crazy. that's like yeah, that's You're like crazy. <laughs> yeah, I was an intern. Yeah, that's crazy. And after the project was completed, my team purchased two big cakes and did a celebration for me. So at the time, was like yeah, the entire team. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at that time, I was like wow. As an intern, I could actually have so much impact. Like, oh, I know, like they were trying to encourage me. It's like, ah, although she was an intern, we should do something to encourage her. I still feel like it's pretty good memory, and like that experience always、um, supported me and inspired me. Even after I left this company, I feel like、mm. okay, I could do something well. I could be confident. Yeah, so that's a really nice experience. Right, very nice. Was that before you started your company or after for the Slack co-op? After, I actually well, it's not like I started my company. I、yeah. joined my friend's company. Yeah. In the founding team, yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So a, a good transition to your startup experience. Actually, you find out a, a very interesting. Story about you regarding starting your business or joining your friends who started the business.、Mm-hmm. I heard it's it's in a subway where the story happens. Maybe you can tell me a little bit more about how that go down. Ah,、uh, okay. So the subway story. Very、uh, yeah. Well, the subway story actually happened long before I joined the company, but it's、oh. actually really interesting. So when I was first in my first year. I was still like I didn't dare to talk to many people in my class yet. I felt like my English was not fluent enough to talk to people, and I was like, if I talk to people and I could not understand them, it would be super embarrassing. But one day I was eating Subway in our school, like in the、uh, student service center, and then I saw a guy. Who who was my classmate,、uh, but I didn't talk much to before. He was sitting there for like ten minutes, and I stared at him for ten minutes. <laughs> and finally, yeah, finally, I decided that I should walk over to him and start a conversation because well, we were classmates anyway, right? Oh, what 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 happened? Because you you mentioned you were like you don't want to speak to people because you're afraid that your English is not good enough. But in that moment, what made you to to make that move? Yeah, I was actually struggling. I was thinking like, oh, maybe I should talk to this guy because he he was my classmate. But I was thinking, oh, maybe my English was not that great. Maybe he would judge me and whatnot. But finally,、yeah. I I made a decision after ten minutes. I should try. If I didn't try, <laughs> yeah, like if I if I didn't try, I I would not improve. So I so I talked to him, like introduce who I am, and then randomly talk about some student topics. Student、but、topics. We, yeah, but we became friends ever since then, and actually pretty good friends. So it's like every time. 
talk. Yeah. When you were approaching him, were you like trying to challenging yourself? Like, you know, okay, if I go up to him, that will be like a win for me because I challenged myself. Was was that your mindset? Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. 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 So I met him. I met this guy, my friend in Subway. And ever since then, every time we talk, I... I, I really enjoyed talking to him and mm. we were really good friends. And one day it was say, I would say like three years after that. So when I was in my third year, one day, uh, when we casually chatted with each other, I learned that he was starting a startup, like he was doing some, he was making software platform where people could watch videos together remotely online. But then I was really interested in it. And I also realized they didn't set up any marketing effort yet. So good product, but almost no marketing effort. So I asked him whether I could join the company. I could join his team and be responsible for the marketing work. So that's how I actually joined the company. <laughs> joined the startup. Uh... Yeah. Nice. That that was how long after you, you met him? Let me see. Three, four years. Three Wait, years. three, four years yeah. after you met yeah. him. But like yeah, yeah, between yeah. that between that you guys were like good friends talking, you yeah. know, every now and then. Actually we didn't talk frequently, but every okay. time we talk, it it's really it, it, it's a really nice experience. Oh nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. And like you know that they're building something and you see they're building a great product and you, and you know that they need a marketing effort. But at that time, did you have any marketing experience and how did you think you could add value to the team? I was, I was very curious. Oh, right. That's a good question. So indeed, I didn't have any marketing experience for business. But when I was in first year, second year, I was really active in organizing events for Waterloo. I was some volunteers for some student clubs. And in my second year, I was the, I was the leading organizer for school hackathon. So it's actually pretty, it's also a pretty fun experience along with a few other volunteers, like volunteer organizers, we actually brought up a two-day hackathon, attracting 300 students, 20 plus sponsors from zero. So we didn't have any resources before, but somehow we we made it. Yeah, so I did have some experience in marketing, in organizing events, in exploring. Plus, I was really eager to learn how to do marketing for a software startup for tech. So my friend and his co-founder at that time still gave me the opportunity to join the team. Nice. So so you, you are number three on the team? Uh, not exactly. There were like a few other people as well. But my okay. role was CMO, so Chief Marketing okay. Officer, managing a lot of marketing stuff. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, so you said you're curious about learning, you know, doing marketing for a software startup. And I, and I saw that you guys at the end uh, had around a million users, 1 million. Mm -hmm. That's insane to me. Any, any scale, 
you know, a million followers, a million viewers, talking about 1 million users, that's really, really crazy. And, and I guess you're, you are a foundation or like you, you must build something crazy, like growth hack to help the company reach that point. So tell me a little bit about how you grew the company from zero to a million users. Mm -hmm. I, I would need to be really honest that the product itself was great. So yeah. you, you need to have a great product first, right? Yes, like like yes, people yes. use it and thought, oh, it's pretty cool. At least yes. I use it without any issues or let's say without any big issues and they really solve the problem. So, so that is a really important thing, right? But on top of it, yeah, like you can do a lot of marketing efforts, but it's not like you have a golden rule for every single startup. You need to do trials and errors. So for us, I try many, many, many different ways and try to keep track of the matches impact. For example, we would do referrals. We do promotion in different communities. We do events. We do influencer partnership. We do Google ads, Facebook ads, or like third-party website ads, etc. We try email campaigns. Well, a lot of things. So it's like different, different strategies, different tactics will work for different areas, different time. Just do a lot of exploration and try to get which one worked the best for that time, for that scenario. Yeah, so it's like a lot of exploration plus trials, errors. And then finally got to a recently good num like decently good number. Nice. Is there any one specific channel that really worked really well for you guys? And tell me about the process of trial and error. What was your mindset? If one thing didn't work, what did you do to find the other one? And how did you adjust in that situation? Mm -hmm. Again, I think it's not like there's a golden rule for, for all time and for all scenarios. But one thing that will I would say work for a long time and maybe suitable for other startups as well is that you can have decently good free trial uh, mm. or say freemium model so that at least people can try your product. When they try, they know, okay, this is something I want. And then maybe they will purchase it or introduce to their friends from referrals. So how to set up this freemium model would really depend on your strategies or like a lot of factors you will consider in your startup, but that would be a good chip to start with. Okay, yeah, nice. That would, and, be, uh, that would be, yeah, that would be my opinion. Okay, sounds good. Mm -hmm. And I think growth for most startups are like, a, it's like a hockey stick. Mm -hmm. So that means, you know, when you're at the early stage, you barely see any traction. But there's going to be an inflection point where a lot of customers all coming in at the same time because of the network effect, people telling others about how great the product is. Was there a moment for you guys where it just blew up? I would say, yeah, like there was some small blew up timing. For example, after we got tractions from Velocity, so, so we won the startup competition, we won the pitch nice. competition, then we got a lot of traction. So of course you'll see a lot of sign up or say when we did a big partnership event with an influencer in the area, 
then you also see a a big growth. But to be honest, if you see it in a long chain, it's a steady go. It's a steady growth, at least for the first first one year, also. So it's like it takes time. But if you if you can do the trials and errors, and you keep doing it, you'll finally see what you want. Mm, nice. Th- thank you a lot for the advice. And I, I want a little, you know, dig a little deeper, and and maybe you can tell me your story. What was the toughest time when you're building the startup with them? Okay, I thought the the difficulty was like I didn't have much business experience at the time, so I need to read a lot of materials. I need to talk to a lot of people, but I still could not get enough confidence. So. Especially at the beginning of joining the startup, I always had that imposter syndrome, thinking that okay, I was not qualified <laughs> to do this job. You know, like it's really easy for for students to have imposter syndrome. So I, well, I I would have that mentality that made me struggle. So I would feel a little bit tough at the time. But later, like as I gradually pick up things, I started to be more calm, and then I know okay how to do exploration, how to communicate with people, what I can learn from here, and what I can contribute to here. So yeah, later I feel much much better. Even I think like the learning from that time really benefits my. Experience in the in my later career, say like、mm-hmm. I was at Apple and then I left Apple for another startup, like the startup I'm working for right now. I think like because I already have the experience in my first startup, or say in the first startup I work for. Now when I'm working with a startup again, I know how to deal with that. Uh, so-called imposter syndrome. I know how to really try to fit in with the new environment, the new startup, pretty fast. Yeah, I, I guess every every startup founders or everyone who's working in a startup, it's unavoidable. There's going to be imposter syndrome because honestly, people in startup are so talented.、Um, mm-hmm. and it's normal. I I do feel that too when I was building my startup. But how did you deal with it at the time with, with、uh, when you were building it with, with your friends? Well, the simple trick is just to acknowledge it, yeah, and and go with it. Yeah, like I try not to think about it, but like if I I force myself to like to get away with that feeling, it's really hard. I think the thing with uncertainty, right? There's always a lot of uncertainty when you're building a startup.、Mm. At first. I was really, really afraid of uncertainty as well,、okay. but like, I realized that there's no way to to ignore it. You cannot escape from it. So I just acknowledge it and and go with it. Okay, I accept that now. There is a lot of uncertainty, but but so what, right?、Uh, what I want to learn from this experience, what I want to get out of this experience, what I can contribute. To、uh, to the team, to to the company, to to the community, and I I feel much better when I'm actually dealing with the uncertainty or say the work that originally gave me imposter syndrome. I feel much better. Yeah, 
that that's very interesting you said that because startup is all about uncertainty and risks and when you actually acknowledge it's not that we can get over the uncertainty and risk it's always going to be there but it's just how we treat them if we treat them as friend or treat them as enemies i think it's really great that you acknowledged it and and you didn't shy away from it you embraced it and you faced the uncertainty and risks and would you say that having to go through this experience it really helped you with your later careers and and the way that you think your mindset in in general yes yes definitely i think there is a lot of uncertainty in life as well sometimes it's about the environment you are living in sometimes it's about yourself or your your family or or your friends people around you when i got to practice how to face uncertainty at work from the startup journey i actually know how to how to face the uncertainty in life as well i'm still learning to handle that i can feel that i can handle much better than before i would not be that panic compared to before so yeah so i i guess your startup experience really did help you you know in your in your later career and maybe you can share a little bit more about what you are doing right now and what is your plan for the future yeah So I'm now working as head of global growth for a Series A plus uh, software startup. So the startup helps business to uh, manage API traffic from clients to their microservices and between microservices. As you can hear from it, it's like really B two B and something about software infrastructure. So that actually really aligns with my interests. Like I did a lot of infrastructure internships as an engineer when I was at Slack, when I was at Apple, and also like when I did my full time at Apple. So that's actually my big interest lies in. And then like for now, my role is not engineering. My role is about marketing. About business development, about strategies. So it's like how to do the go-to-market from zero to one for the overseas market. Because my startup, it was founded three, four years ago, and it has a lot of clients in China already. But now we want to explore to a bigger picture. So we want to have more overseas clients. So for overseas, I'll say like North America, Europe, etc. Is from zero to one go to market thing, so super exciting. And for the future, I realized that I really enjoy doing things that's a combination of technology and business. So I will continue to explore my career with that combination. Maybe one day I would create my own startup as well. Maybe a tech startup. Maybe something similar. I really like how to combine. Technology and business stuff together. That's very beautiful. And and one last question for you: for all those young, ambitious、um, Gen Zers who want to start their business or start something on their own, is there any advice that you would give them that would be helpful? Yeah. So the biggest advice: if you want to do it, if you want to try something, just go and do it. It's really,、um, it's easy to do it when you're young. But like when you are like in your thirties, it is hard to make such a big decision. 
But now, if you are a student or you just graduate, if you want to do something, you want to create something, just go, go with it. So the second, the second tip on top of it, I can get,、uh, I can give is, if you want to do something well, try to do your research as deep as you can. So either do the research from the knowledge, the resources you can get around you. Or if you think you don't have that many resources, try to try to do trials and errors. So you have to sometimes practice, sometimes actually do something on your own, and then you find out whether whether that's a good direction, whether that's the thing that's worth doing, etc. And really important things, you wanna you wanna meet a lot of good people in the network. Or say in the in the area you want to work on, especially when you're young, you want to learn something about what you want to do from others. You want to, you know, sometimes you want you just want to learn more from people that might have more experience from you. But of course, don't take all their words for granted. So also have your own critical thinking. Overall, well, I think as long as you tried it, at least try. You will figure out what to do next. Nice, and and one thing I'll add to that is start small. Just just like、mm-hmm. how Kier approached his friend in a subway after ten minutes of consideration, and just you know just go go out there and and start a conversation and be friend. You never know where it will lead you. Yeah, thank you so much, Kier. It was it was great speaking to you, and and it's a lot of learning for me, and I believe for everyone everyone else who's listening as well. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of Ideas Can't Wait podcast. If you have taken something away from this episode and really enjoyed our conversation, it will mean the world to me if you can leave a review on wherever you are listening or watching. It will help this podcast to reach more like-minded people like you. Thanks again, and I'll see you in the next one.